0: Say that uh, Minister Harris gave a great word Wednesday, for a a great word, Uh, and uh, Brother Robert this morning gave a great word, and 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 hearing the things that they preached about, and then what Pastor preached about this week, like God is God is trying to show us something, He's trying to let us know where we are. One thing that uh, Brother Robert talked about this morning, no time in your life would you give away, I think it was like 40 days left before the new year ends, I think it's 40, 44 something like that, but we're already making plans for next year, we're just throwing away days, no other time would you just throw away days and say, you know well I'm just going to wait the next year and um, I'm going to just forget all these days, and um, what we have to realize is we we are in the year of promise God is promising some things Now, some things are going to come at that midnight hour. So if you give up now, you're going to miss out on the things that God is promising you this year. Um, It was uh, September 29th uh, on my birthday that um, I had been looking for something, another job, and ran into uh, someone uh, that I used to work with that owns a company. And because, I mean, everybody's being blessed and praise God, excited for you all. I mean, God is doing a thing. But I was like, man, it's almost the end of the year, you know. <laughs> and this is the year of promise. Let's get the moving, you know. And But God, God really blessed, uh, put me in a great, our family in a great situation. And, you know, it's just the thing that we have to not give up. We got to keep pressing. This is a press, And it's not about how much work, you know, I I didn't read 50 chapters today. I didn't do this. I didn't do that. You know, that's legalism. And a lot of times we can get into that, you know, but it's not about that. So what I want to preach about today that the word God has gave me is a problem I had in school. I used to do math problems and I would just do them. And the teacher would always tell me, show your work. And I was like, show my work. But is, is the answer right? She said, show your work. See, and, and meditating upon what God has given me, I don't believe there are a lot of evil people in the world. I think people are weak because they don't make the connection. So God wants me to talk about making that connection. Uh, one thing that Brother Robert preached about this morning was about the word so I just want to give a little bit of basis of the word and then I'm going to go in the title of this message is going to be respond with ability so we can just turn to Ecclesiastics 917 and I'm just going to give a little a, a couple of scriptures here about the words about how important words are and then I'll go into the other part of the message. So Ecclesiastes nine seventeen, Words of the wise spoken quietly shall be heard rather than the shout of rulers of fools. And then Ecclesiastes 10 and 12 say, the words of a wise man's mouth are gracious. So God is letting us know this word that we're getting. It's very important that we know the word. But that we speak the word. At the time we're supposed to speak the word. Proverbs 1727, he who has knowledge spares his words, because we know that our words should be filled with grace and mercy. So words put things in action, and words have a power, the power of God's word. In Genesis 1 and 3, God said, Let there be light. See, words have a creative power. And things are still standing from when God spoke it. In Matthew 24 and 35, he declares that heaven and earth will pass, but my words will endure forever. They will by no means pass away. So we see here that words are very important to God. His words are very important. Hebrews 11 and 3 says, it says through faith we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God. That this world is being held together by his word. So words are very important. And see, as, 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 as I've grown, I've come to realize that we have to be mindful of these idle words that we speak. See, because words produce something. There's a fruit that comes with that what you're talking about. If you're negative, if it whatever it brings a fruit with it. So you gotta be mindful of what you're saying. You just can't say anything. You know, when when I when I first got saved, uh and um if somebody asked me a question, i would pray in the spirit first before I answered the question. Now I have this little thing, I take a little time and say, mm. And I'm thinking, I'm saying, God, what you want me to say? hmm My dad always messes with me, but I said, you go with that mm again. But I'm trying to be careful. Of what I say, you know, because that tongue, boy, that tongue can unleash some things that you can't get back. So we got to be mindful of what we're saying. We can't be so reactive. And we can't wear our feelings on our sleeves. The word for me for this year was, um, is uh, Acts 24 and uh, 16. And it says, I exercise myself daily, daily, to be void of offense, First of all, towards God, and then towards men. See, because when you get offended, you're stuck. You're stuck wherever that offense came, and you can't grow. And we have to not be so sensitive that we're offended by everything people say. Because God wants to use us. So we got to look at the bigger picture, and we can't be so selfish. Uh, One thing I'm learning that as I mature in love, the less selfish I become. Because I'm looking at the whole picture. It's not about me. It's not about you. It's about what God wants. In Ephesians, uh, in Thessalonians 1, 1 Thessalonians 4 and 18, it says that um, words can bring comfort. And in Revelations 12 and 11, it says, We overcome by the blood in the words of our testimony. So words have a very important part because they're creative power. All right. So now, in, in college, I took a class, advanced, uh, advanced physics. That's probably the hardest class I ever took. I just wanted regular physics, <laughs> and they made me take advanced physics. But one thing I learned in taking physics and the chemistry and stuff, that all these laws, there are certain laws that are set up. Laws mean they're proven. These things can be proven out. But as I've as I gotten older and I reflect back on those things I've learned, I try to apply them to life. Um, for instance, matter. As, as matter is a physical substance in general and distinct from mind and spirit, it occupies space, OK? And it's different from energy. So matter takes up space, it has volume, it has mass. It's recognized by the senses. That's important, it's recognized by the senses. And matter cannot be lost or destroyed, only changed from one form to another. Now when you think about that, just just keep that in mind. It cannot be lost or destroyed, only changed from one form to another. And usually when matter is changed from one form and another, we call it a miracle. But these are laws that are set up. So to prove this out, that uh, energy, I got energy, spirit. So if you walk into a room, you don't see anything, but you can tell if it's a good spirit or bad spirit in there. So, and mass it's all I say. It's all about the senses. If you walk up to a door, you're not going to go through that door, at least not yet. But when we get trans- our bodies transformed, we will. But it's, it, we deal with that with our senses. And we have been so indoctrinated by this materialistic society that if we can't touch it, feel it, we don't think it's real. But the spiritual world is more real than the physical world. Um, I think about the story of Achan that took the stuff from Babylon. God told him to get rid of it. And God told him that, you, that they were adjoined to the accursed thing. Now, I know Pastor Melly talks a lot about, like, when people give you gifts or you get stuff from yard sales and stuff. We don't realize. See, spirits are transferred into objects. The Holy Spirit is in us, right? We're objects. The Holy Spirit is, is spread abroad in our hearts by the Holy Ghost. So we can bring in a cursed thing in our homes, and you know, all. So we have to be mindful of that, how the Spirit moves on things. So we see that the spirit world is stronger and more real than the physical stuff. Amen. And God gives us insight in Ephesians 6 and 12, if we can turn there. If you have it, say Amen. <laughs> and this is very important God has given us an insight he's letting you know he says here in his word for we wrestle not against flesh and blood we don't wrestle against the physical stuff but against principalities that's a high level of demons against powers against rulers of darkness of this world against spiritual wickedness in high places see the spiritual world it's so important that we have to recognize that. That we have to recognize that when somebody is coming against us, we got to really understand that spirit behind them. Now, one of the books that a uh, pastor has on the, uh, on the dig uh, book is um, This Present Darkness. I read that book. Excellent book. It gives you great insight to the spiritual world and the hierarchy of demons and how they're working behind the scenes in government. See, whatever position God has put you in, there's also a demon assigned to you as well. And we have to be mindful of these things. We have to be mindful. We just can't just, you know, skip to the do do everything is okay, everything is fine, you know, and just go along with things. We got to recognize what's happening behind the scenes. And we have to go and make sure that we fight against those things. And the only way we can fight, and Minister Harris said this this morning if you're fighting within yourself, in your own spirit, that's a losing battle. You're going to lose every time. You're going to lose every time. So we need the power of God. And uh, if we turn to Isaiah 61, so we need the power of God. And so many times we try to fight without the power. And I don't want to jump too far ahead, but God has a lot of great things planned for this ministry. Planned for each and every one of our lives. And we'll never attain to those things if we don't understand the spiritual aspect of things. So in in, uh, Isaiah 61, it says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Because the Lord have anointed me. Okay, let's stop there. He's anointed you to do something. To do something. Not to just bless yourself, but to do something. And if we jump down to verse 3, it says this. The garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. See, he's giving you weapons. See, a lot of times we're on the defensive we, we don't understand that the Holy Spirit is a weapon for attacking, not, not just be on the defensive, fighting off the devil. It's a scripture in the Bible that says this, says when the enemy comes in, and a lot of times it's read wrong because people said it says when the enemy comes in, but then it says like a flood, not the enemy like a flood, but like a flood, God comes in and he just swamped that thing away. He's overpowering that situation if we let him. Amen. So he talks about beauty for ashes, the oil of joy for mourning, and the, the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness, for those things that break us, that hold us down. Praise breaks those bonds. Have you ever been in a situation where you just felt bad and, and there was a heaviness about you and you start praising God and that thing was broken? Even when, when God was, when the children of Israel was going out to battle, they sent Judah first. Judah means praise. They sent the praises out first. Amen. And we have to learn how to do that, to praise God through our circumstances so those things can be broken against us. Now, I like what it said about ashes. See, as I said earlier, matter can neither be lost nor destroyed. If you take something and burn it up, it produces ashes. See, but those ashes can be used as a fertilizer to grow. So the situations that we go through in life that we think are ash situations, they're burning us up. It's for a regrowth in what God has for us. See, because what's contained in ashes are calcium, potassium, and trace elements. Things that make us grow things that grow if you put ashes on your lawn your your grass is going to grow better so it's something to ashes that God is saying okay I know what the devil meant for evil I know what he meant for evil but look here I got a better plan for you what I want to do is grow you through this situation I want to make it better for you so the things that we go through in life we got to understand the spiritual connotation behind that what is God doing amen we can no longer afford to be casual believers, just casual with God. God is doing something, and we have to recognize what God is doing. You know, my great-grandma was an Indian, and she could look at the sky and say, oh, it's about the snow. Oh, it's about the rain. She would look at the, 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 the sky and tell all these things. And, but we have to be people that we understand what God is doing. We got to be on the, on, on the cleft of things that we hear the Spirit of God, that we're sensitive to his Spirit, that we see what he's doing, that things just don't get by us because we're not paying attention. I know the new word in this, in this time is, are you awake, you know? Uh, wake up. Stay awake. Stay awoke, you know? Understand what's going around you. Be aware of what's going around you. See, because when you're sleeping, hey, everything can pass you by. The Bible says that that we got to work while it's day because the night cometh when no man can work. We got to understand the day it is. Now, in saying that, we must believe what the word says. And we can do what it says we can do. We got to believe that. And if we believe that, we take a whole different stance to life, a whole different stance. Things just don't happen. People just don't do things. The Bible gives us to know that no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And every tongue that rise up, thou shalt put down. That's the word. But we try to do it in ourselves. We can't do it in ourselves. Um, the Bible calls us in Isaiah 62 and 12. If we could turn there. And it's a couple of things I want to bring out. It says that we are the redeemed of the Lord. So God has redeemed us through the precious blood of Jesus Christ. Therefore, we are precious in his sight. We are the redeemed of the Lord. It also says that we're the called out ones. That we're called out of the world. Because we have use. We've been set aside for the master's use. Sanctified. We're called out. But then it calls us the sought out ones. That people are seeking us out. But you know, this transformation has to take place. But you know what the problem is? I can tell you what my problem was. When I saw needy people, I ran. <laughs> if I felt you was needy, I was getting out of the way. But God is saying, we're the sought out one. Don't run from needy people. They're looking for you because God has given you the answer and the anointing to help them. Why we run? Because it's going to cost us something. It's going to cost us something. It's work. Now, this is why you need to be in your word because you're going to be pouring out. And when you're pouring out, emptying out, you got to make sure you're filling back up. That's the purpose of really being in the word because you, you're supposed to be ministering to people. You don't supposed to be just, oh, I'm just fat with the word. I'm just, you know, I'm eating it all up. I'm, you know. <laughs> you can't do that. You gotta empty that word out. We walking around fat with the word, and I know the word, and I can quote this, I can quote that. And people around you just hurting. They hurting, your family hurting. And they don't realize it. They hurting. You know, you see things, you won't say nothing. Because you're scared to put God on the spot. It ain't about you. It's about God. Put him on the spot. He'll come through. And you'll have a confidence and keep having that blessed assurance, that confidence that he's going to come through time after time again. Hey, brother, I believe, what, I believe this is what the Spirit of God is telling me to tell you. And say it. Put God out there. It ain't about you. We got to conquer Fear. We don't do some things in our lives that God is telling us because we're scared. And we're scared to say we're scared because we don't want to look bad. We don't want to look bad. Well, if if he don't come through, then I'm going to look bad. No, that's on God. That's not on you. Put him on the spot. Believe me, he'll come through for you because he wants his word. He, He said, prove me. All through his word, prove me. Put me out there. I'm going to show you I'm real. Taste and see that the Lord is weak, that he's good. And if we're not, we not putting it out there for people to taste and see, how will they know God? The Bible says that we are written epistles, read of all. Written epistles that God has called you in the kingdom for such a time as this so people can see him through your life, through what you do. So don't be, don't, don't think... <laughs> Everybody's looking, and they should look. God has you on a pedestal so people can look at you and see how your life, see how you react to things. When things on the job don't go right, and, and just notice it. Everybody looking at you. You say you're a Christian. Let me see how you handle that. <laughs> they looking. They looking. And they should be looking. They should be looking. Let's see how you handle this. Because if you handle it the same way I would handle it, I don't need your God so we have to be mindful of that we have to be mindful of that people are looking people are looking now transformation I said has to take place so if we turn to Acts 2 and 17 and this is what it says that it shall come to pass that in the last days now I want to stop right there Because a lot of times we have to identify where we are. So the Bible calls it, he said, in the last days. So let's get some witnesses from the word to where we are. And we're going to come back to 2 and 17. Let's go to 1 Timothy 4. 1 Timothy 4. When you got it, say amen. 1 Timothy 4, verse 1 through 3. It says this. Now the Spirit speaks expressly that in latter times some shall depart from the faith. Do we see that? In case you haven't seen that, there's a big rise. In the 60s, I think it was the Muslims. Now it's the Israelites. All these people trying to be Israelites and stuff. There's been a big move. Some people don't even go to church. You talk to a lot of young people. they never been to church their whole life, the millenniums They don't even go to church, a lot of them. They have no clue about God. Um, Giving heed to seducing spirits and doctrines of devil, speaking lives and hypocrisy, having their country seared with a hot iron, forbidding to marry and commanding to abstain from each which God has created to be received with thanksgiving to them which believe and know the truth. Now we can see this in society. We see what's happening in society. We see that uh, seducing spirits—I mean, all over. Doctrines of devil. Uh, Pastor Keith mentioned about this, this new thing about grace that they're preaching. You know, the once saved, always saved. But Paul said, "I can preach this word and be a castaway." So we can't always be saved. And look at Paul—he wrote three fourths of the New Testament. So we have to consider all these things. Now let's go to Second Timothy three. And one say know this also that in the last days perilous times shall come perilous times shall come for men shall be lovers of their own self, covenant, boasters, proud blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful unholy, without natural affection, truth breakers, false accusers These, these are things that are happening now This tells you we are in the last days. And God said in these last days, I will pour out my spirit. We go back to Acts 2 and 17. So we identify where we are. So if we identify where we are, what is God doing? So he says, I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. That's male and female. Okay? Your sons... And your daughter shall prophesy. Prophesize the truth of his word. Uh, for instance, by his stripes we are healed. The sickness is not of God. You know, I, 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 for those that, that know me, I, I have a, a strange gift. I think it's kind of strange. Like, I can smell sickness. And it's odd that I, I smell sickness. Like, I smell cancer and whatever. I smell it. And that's how God just uses I can just smell I can just smell it on people. And, uh, but God uses me like that. But we have to understand that by his stripes we're healed. Because, see, these things are spirits. And like I talked about earlier, it, it's an energy. It's a spirit. But it manifests itself in the physical. So we have to understand that when we're speaking God's word and we're saying, be healed. God, and we look at, look at what Jesus did when, when he was uh, walking the earth. Why he say your sins be forgiven Take up the bed and walk Why he said hey Receive strength to your ankles and whatever You know and be healed by that He dealt with the spiritual aspect Of things and the people were healed So we have to look at that There's a spiritual aspect Even to sickness that God Is trying to get to us that we be Whole Salvation is wholeness Mind body and soul wholeness as I started really getting into God, and, and one reason why I had my surgery I had, because I started realizing that if you are out of, out of whack in an area, God wants you to be whole, mind, body, and soul. And we, if we ignore either one of those things, we are unbalanced. We are unbalanced. And, and the world sees that. Because And they'll start judging us by that. Well, you know, uh, if, 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 if I'm talking the wholeness of God in terms of prosperity, and my shoes are raggedy, I got uh, raggedy shoes, my clothes, whatever, and I'm telling you God wants you to prosper even as your souls prosper. Man, I don't want you, God. I'm trying to tell you. You know, you got to show for the praises of him. You got to show what God is is, is talking about. You got to show what God is is giving. What he's talking about, the promises, a yay and amen. And we got to walk in those promises. We got to walk in the things that God has told us to walk in. Amen. Amen. And I know that's hard sometimes, you know, because a lot of times myself, I'll identify where I'm at rather than what God says I am. And we have to throw our mindset out and put God's mindset in there. And Romans uh, 12 and 2, it talks about be renewed. We got to renew this mind. We got to renew this mind. And, okay, so let's get back to uh, Acts two seventeen. And He says here, that your m- young man should see visions, and your old man... Should dream dreams Now that stood out to me One thing cause I'm getting a little older in life (laughs) But dreams What is a dream A dream Is the possibility Of doing something That something might Be the case That this thing just could happen See I lived enough life That I've gone through Some things in life And see, when you go through some things in life, sometimes you you, you put the truth to the side because I got beat down here. I got beat down. Life beat me down. But the dream is, you know what? I got to reconsider this thing. There's a possibility this thing just could happen. And you got to walk in that thing. Transformation has to happen. It has to happen. Don't think like you used to just change the Bible says that this word of God has has, shall have preeminence in your life that means first place regardless of your experience regardless of what grandma told you regardless of how your family do it this word of God has to have first place in your life so when it comes up to anything your traditions your life experiences you gotta throw that stuff away And take on what the word of God says. Now, I said earlier that the the title of this message is respond with ability. Now, in responding with ability, let's turn to Acts 3, 4, and 5. And this is the story of Peter and John at the gate called Beautiful. And there is a lame man that's sitting there asking for alms. He's asking for money. And Peter John said, silver and gold have I none, but such as I have I give unto thee. God has anointed us. He's gifted us with things. But he's gifted us with things for other people. And we have to really understand that, that the giftings that we have are not for ourselves. They're for other people. So whatever you're gifting, whatever that word of God that's living big in you, like I know God as a healer. So I can pray for people to be healed because I know Him as a healer in my life. So I have faith that God can heal. Whatever God has done in your life, there, there's an extra like anointing or or, or Position that you stand in that you can pray for people for for those that have are, are successful in business you can pray for people cause God has blessed you and gifted you in that area that you can pray for others to impart impartation to impart unto them to people that might be on that same road that need that you can impart to people so we have to understand once again that spiritual aspect of things that this is all about the spirit world The physical stuff is gonna perish, but that spiritual aspect of things is not temporal, it's enduring forever. And that's why we gotta understand this. And we gotta stop running, as I said, from needy people. We are the sought out ones. And we got to be found in God to give the people what they need. So we have to respond with ability because it's our responsibility. God has engifted us. He's 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 imparted so many things into us, and we would be selfish to keep it for ourselves. Like I can say one of the biggest things I've learned is as I mature in love, the less selfish I become. You know, you see a kid, and they first thing they say, "Mine." You know, and we have to grow up from being a child and not consider mine, but ours. That every joint supplies that there's no lack in the body. That's what God is looking for. Every joint supply that I'm going to do everything I'm supposed to do so I can connect to the body so I can make sure I'm supplying what I'm supposed to supply. In the early, ch- in the, in the early church, they didn't lack anything. They didn't lack anything. See, because when there's lack, there's schisms. When there's lack, there's division. There's division. God don't want his body to lack anything. Amen? Now, verse 19 of Acts, I'm just going to say this because God had me write this down. It tells us to repent and to be converted and the refreshing of the Lord shall come. So, we have to Understand, start anew. We're going into the year of new beginnings where God has some great things planned that's going to come into fruition. My heart is that nobody gets left behind, that we all come into what God has us to come into. But the only way we're going to do this is we got to be positioned. For instance, uh, uh what's his name? Hmm. Um, uh, Zacchaeus When Jesus was coming I think it's uh, uh, I know it's Caius The last part When Jesus was coming in town And he was walking down the road And there was so many people around him And he wanted to see Zacchaeus, Zacchaeus And he wanted to see Jesus So He went up a tree And was in position So when Jesus came by Jesus looked up and saw him now, what does that say to us? That we can no longer stand where we've been at. we got to elevate. All right? We got to elevate. And, and elevating will put us in that position. So as Jesus comes by to do what he needs to do, we're in place to receive. Amen? we got to elevate. we got to, we got to leave those things that are binding us and holding us down our biggest enemy is ourselves because we're selfish and we want stuff for ourselves. We got to mature in love and elevate that we can be in that position so Jesus can use us as vessels of honors. And the Bible tells us it's our choice. He said in the great house you got everything. You got gold, silver, brass, wood, whatever. You got all those things. But it's your determination what you're going to be, a vessel of honor or not, by what you're willing to give up. To the degree that you're broken is to the degree that you can be used. Brother Robert talked this morning about being broken. I think He came from Watchman Nee, uh, Release of the Spirit. See, that release of that precious oil of the Holy Ghost in you, it's in you, but it has to be released. And it can only be released When you break this out of shell and let it come out, when you put down those things that will hold it back, the Bible tells us to quench not the spirit. Don't hold the spirit back, and see we can hold the spirit back by thinking it don't matter, by being selfish, all kind of things. By moving slow, you know, when you let's say God is moving, and you you stubborn, you want to do your own thing, you got your own mindset. We can quench the spirit of God. And the Bible tells us don't quench the spirit. You need to let the spirit flow. Because as the spirit flows, it's going to bring those things that people stand in need of. So you don't want to be in a position that you are stopping things flowing in the body. Because now you become an enemy of God. Because God is trying to do something. And you're holding things back. You've been in a place that God has removed you then. So we don't want to be in that place. We want to flow with God. We want to flow with the Spirit of God. Amen? Amen. And as I said earlier, it's it's speaking the word in in season to people. Have you ever been in a situation where you needed comfort, you needed peace, and you needed joy, but money couldn't bring it to you? It was that word spoken in season. And it brought all kind of comfort. It brought the peace that you needed. It wasn't about the money. It was about the word. And what about the word? Words, like I say, created power. The spirit behind the word. What was the word? The Bible tells us, my word should not go for a void. That would accomplish those things it set out to do. That's in Isaiah. The word spoken is going to accomplish something we got to be mindful of the words that we speak because they're accomplishing something. Amen. Colossians 3.16 said, let the word of God dwell richly in you. we got to let this word dwell richly in us. In Psalms 19.11, it tells us to hide the word in our heart. Now, I know the other part of that scripture, so I won't sin against you. But I want to add this to it, or or let you see this in it. So that at the right time, it can be revealed. Hide that word so you can reveal it at the right time. In Ephesians 6.19, it tells us that the utterance may be given unto me, that I may open my mouth boldly. So God's word, he wants us to open our mouth boldly. And he tells us in the gospel Don't even take a thought Just open your mouth I'll speak through you So it's about yielding to the spirit of God It's about yielding to the spirit of God Stop fighting against the spirit Brother Robert talked about this morning uh, Fighting with the spirit With means that you uh, With them That y'all fighting together But you are fighting against the spirit That's something different and we have to watch that word with and against and make sure that we're fighting with the Spirit. Amen? And the only way to fight with the Spirit is to submit to the Spirit. We got to submit to the Spirit. In Romans 6, uh, 6 and 16, it tells us, Know ye not that to whomever you yield yourself servants to obey, that's whose servants ye are to obey. So if you're not submitting to the Spirit, what are you submitting to? Because that's who you are serving of. In Ephesians 3, 20, 21, it says this. Now unto him that is able to do exceedingly abundantly above all that we ask a think, according to the power that worketh in us. See, the Holy Spirit changes. It's the transformation of us. As you look at the disciples... They were disciples. But when they received the Holy Spirit, they became apostles. And they turned the word, the Bible says, upside, upside right, I say. They turned. They changed the world. Twelve men changed the world with the power of the Holy Spirit. With the power of the Holy Spirit. So my question is, if you're filled with the Spirit of God, who can you become? Who can you transform into so we have to all coming up this year we have to do it now you know now is the appointed time of salvation we have to give our lives to God our, our whole lives to God and we got to be filled with the spirit of God that we can't do this work without the Spirit of God. And Romans 6 chapter, it tells us clearly: you can't live this life without the Holy Spirit. You're doing it within yourself without the Holy Spirit. So it's important that we be filled with the Holy Ghost to do the work of the ministry, to do what God has called us to do. He told the disciples, tarry in Jerusalem to what? You be filled with this power, the Holy Ghost. He told them to wait. Why do we think we can do it without it? We got to be filled with the Holy Ghost for the work that God has called us to for the time and where we are in this world. We need the Holy Spirit. Now, I heard something. That's not for me. So let's turn to Acts 2.39. Acts 2.39. Because there's... People don't believe, you know, hey, that's just not for me. So Acts 239, let's let's see what it says. Let me find it. Acts 239 says this Repent and be baptized, every one of you, in the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission of your sins. And ye shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost. All right? For the promise is unto you and to your children. And to all that are far off, even as the men the Lord our God shall call. Is that leaving anybody out? Not one. We all need to be filled with the Holy Ghost. We all need the evidence of speaking in tongues. We need to know how to pray in the Spirit. The Bible, of Jude 20, says you're building yourself up in the most Holy Ghost, praying in the Holy Ghost. We need those things in our lives, or it's impossible to live out this Christian life. But once we are filled with the Spirit, yield to the Spirit, we can live a glorious life in God. Amen? Amen. We are the called out ones, the ones that the world is seeking. Let's be what God has called us to be. Amen? Amen. Amen. So.